And good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. We are going to kick off this week's corporate updates with one from QC Copper and Gold. They do trade on the venture with QCCU. Welcoming in CEO and Director, Mr. Stephen Stewart. Stephen, welcome back to Mining Stock Daily. How you been? I'm doing very well, Trevor. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, yeah, it's an exciting day for us. It is an exciting day for you. We reported the news out this morning on the morning briefing, uh, but you put out an updated mineral resource estimate for the Opamisca project there in Quebec. Uh, there was a lot of increases here. In fact, uh, increase in total copper grade, increase in copper equivalent grades, and then also an e- increase in uh, pounds copper equivalent compared to the last resource, which was published about, I think, about a year and a half ago, uh, 20, excuse me, <laughs> two and a half years ago, 2021. Uh, time flies. Uh, anyways, right now, you are now sitting at 2 billion pounds of copper equivalent contained in 97.5 million tons. That's in the measured and indicated mineral resource. Your inferred resource now sits at 157 million pounds of copper equivalent contained in 11 million tons. And that's what I want to kind of pick on a little bit here on the inferred. But uh, Stephen, this is a really, a really good mineral, mineral estimate update for you. Well, thank you. It's, it's, it's robust. And uh, one thing that uh, you didn't mention uh, on the improvement is the quality of the database and, and the geology or the interpretation of the geology which f- stems or flows from that. I would say, aside from the, the quantitative aspects in terms of um, delivering higher grade and more pounds in the ground, uh, the process really evolved. Obviously, any junior wants to be bigger and better. Uh, but but when we all sat around the table when we did publish that maiden resource about two years ago, we said to ourselves, "Look, guys, this is a mine, um, and so what are the steps forward, and how do we convince the world? Because the world's not convinced yet." And so um, we we just sat around and and we said we had to go back to the database, which is which is itself robust and huge. We got a million meters of drilling in this thing, and and the majority of that is historic. So we said. If we're going to get the big guys to come in here and view our database, we need to be meticulous about how it's crafted. And and as we know, mistakes are made in this business all the time. It's a question of mitigating that. And we said, look, we're going to get ahead of this. We got to get it right now. And so that was our whole objective: is to, is to deliver a top tier database. Uh, I would say we're uh, as as good as I've ever seen uh, in terms of the quality of work that we went into this. We hired our own resource uh, team. Resource geologists are a, are a rare um, uh, beast, if you will. They're very different than your exploration geologists. They're sort of computer guys. And we built a team around that, and we meticulously recrafted, you know, down from, you know, first principles, those one million meters, combined with all the work that we've done. And there was a lot of work, a lot of modern work. We have to snap it all together. So it took took longer than we anticipated. But it was a significant, I think it's the single most valuable thing um, that you can't see in touch necessarily if you're a, a, a sort of a retail um, investor listening to us right now. Uh, but the whole thing was designed to convince tech, convince Agnico Eagle, uh, you know, the likes of that, uh, to, to, to get them in their database and see what we saw. So that, to me, is the most material thing that came out. But of course, um, our investors like to see higher grade. We delivered the highest grade open pit in Canada. Um, it's well over 2 billion uh, pounds total and getting bigger. We've only drilled out 
two out of the four mines that exist on the, existed on the Opamisco when it was operated by Falcon Bridge, so 2024 is going to be about defining the engineering and the economics on that open pit, and then growth on the, the third and the fourth mine, which we call the Cook and the Robitaille. Uh, which we see tens of millions of tons potential there. We've modeled the historic data, but we haven't drilled it out systematically. So that's going to be. So we've got definition of open pit resources, and we've got growth ahead, and a couple other things up our sleeve. So we're excited to get, get out the gate. Um, this sort of first real Monday back, deliver this long anticipated resource, and start answering questions. Okay, so there's a, a lot of questions were answered here. That's positive. Uh, you also maybe left a, the door open for a lot of questions further down the road here. Uh, and that includes, you actually mentioned a significant starter pit in your news release. And you you mentioned that there's a sizable starter pit opportunity here, starting about just under 20 million tons at 1.1% copper equivalent. That's currently in the measured and indicated. So tell us about this starter pit and kind of the formation of where you're seeing this idea where it's located and you know you know how we see this thing through because do you go back and start using this idea for more technical reports and put some economics on this thing well absolutely um the the pea will be our first pass at engineering and economics um you know we will define the starter pit within that uh, we will also look at various mine plans because we are proximate to the town of Chape in, in the district of Shibugamu. So that is a, a challenge we have to deal with. Uh, I'll note that that starter pit, which is 20 million, pun, uh, 20 million tons uh, north of 1% copper, or copper equivalent at least, is far west. So it's away from the town. So if we were to, you know, conceptually, and I don't really want to get into conceptually, but look, if we were get, we, we could start mining without impacting the town, or, or certainly dr- dramatically uh, reducing or excuse me, dramatically uh, impacting the town less with the tar- starter pit scenario. So it's nice to have those options, um, but it's it's you know beyond what we call the life of mine resources is substantially bigger than that um, that starter pit. But the starter pit itself, uh, I guess we were lucky. I don't say lucky, but the you know the circumstances are such that it has a crown pillar, which for an underground mine is the ceiling, and it was a rather thick crown pillar because where where this uh, where the the large majority or the vast majority of starter pit material is is where the mill was and there was a big heavy mill and so they left upwards of 60 meters worth of material there so that's that's sort of how the stars aligned um, those are virgin veins that have were never mined so it's really we get a lot of material that we can send to the mill in the early years and and payback because payback is obviously one of the the three um, holy trinities of uh, your economics, your payback, your IRR, and your MPV. And I think once we get there, we'll have uh, a pretty good payback. We've run the numbers ourselves. So, you know, we've got back at the end, but we have that expertise here to to run uh, models. Uh, obviously, those are a lot of inputs in there, so you got to take everything or a grain of salt. And obviously, we don't talk about that um, because it has to be done independently for good reason. Um, but, you know, we have a handle on the economics, and we know, um, you know, we, we can we can pull the costs from other open pit operations in Canada and apply them. So I mean, it, it looks quite interesting to us. I'll just say that in terms of economics. But we got to publish that. That's our next milestone, economics, defining the engineering challenges, and then growth. Okay. Can you remind listeners, and myself included, about the geology here of what type of rock you're working with? What, what, what is this copper contained in? Is it more of a sulfide type of mineralization? I'll have to, I don't want to get too much in the technical, I'll, I'll maybe uh, I'll, I'll bring back Charles and I'll tell you that there's, there's 
there's quite debate on the on the sort of the origin if it's origenic or if it's you know um, it's not porphyry but it, there there is there is debate it's a unique style of geology um, it is high grade veins you know so it's a vein system and it's not porphyritic material where you've got these big blobs um, it comes in in sort of but th these veins are also I guess uh, uh, fractured. Uh, on the hanging in the foot wall, which gives us more disseminated material, and they, they are stacked. Um, so we've got uh, multiple sets of veins with disseminated material going sort of equidistance from the epicenter of these veins, which oftentimes the veins are, are stopes, so they've been mined out, uh, but not in every instance. Uh, and then it's, you know, we've got a couple football fields worth of this and it's been twisted and turned and deformed and all sorts of interesting things have happened. So, I mean, I think, you know, to get to the origin of it, I certainly wouldn't do it justice, but even if I had a couple, uh, uh two geologists here talking about it, you'd probably get three or four opinions. So, uh, uh the jury's still out. <laughs> what's new? What's new? <laughs> uh, so talk about what's next here, uh, Stephen. I mean, this was an important updated mineral resource. You mentioned putting technicals, economics on this through a PEA. Uh, how does the rest of the year play out here for the Opamiska project as you advance into uh, the winter? Well, we're very well capitalized, certainly relative to our peers. I believe we've got about six or seven million dollars cash marked to market. I think our most recent financial says we have eight, but I mean, marked mark to market, we've got a high six. We also sitting on eight million shares of baseload. So there's no material risk that we're going to raise money tomorrow on the back of this. Um, we're always in the in the business of raising money to further develop our goals. So make no mistake about that. When when uh, the cost of capital and the opportunity is right, uh, particularly who the shareholders are, uh, you know, we'll look to raise money and, and develop our our our, our goals. Um, it's going to require more drilling. There's no question about it. Both on the open pit as we move it forward towards the feasibility, which is a long multi-year uh, process. Obviously, PEA is much shorter than that. And then growth and our appetite for growth. Um, is relative to how the market reacts. Uh, if we have another 2023, well, don't expect us to come out with 50,000 meters worth of drilling and put out great results and the market, you know, shrugs. So uh, that said, um, we want to develop this and progress this as quickly as we possibly can while being cognizant of our cost of capital and where the market's at, because that's very important. Uh, but without that, and notwithstanding, we will move full steam ahead with the PEA, the engineering and economics uh, because that's low cost, and a lot of that work's already been done. So we're gonna we're gonna define that um, without delay and move that forward. Um, do a really good job on it. Again, that resource, the high quality nature of that resource, will lend itself to a a good strong PEA and eventually a PFS and feasibility study. Uh, we'll 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 take it as far as we need to go. Um, and then, look, I'd love for the market to pop. I'd love for copper to have a four-handle, maybe a five-handle if the stars align, raise money, and, and drill this thing out like it deserves to be drilled. Because not only do we have these four mines, but the, our whole land package, we've got a massive land package. It's extremely fertile. So uh, there's all sorts of things we want to do on this project. And I would say the exploration side, and certainly the growth in the exploration, has taken a back burner over the last two years because any drilling we've been done is almost exclusively on call it infill drilling of the open pit and then uh, obviously snapping it all together and, and pumping out a resource as we did this morning so we're quite anxious to um, shift gears and and look at some targets and and maybe find something new that's always on the table when you're drilling in a mature district like we are mm -hmm. I, you know Stephen, you and i are 
we remember it wasn't too long ago when news like this was actually a liquidity event and you would see a sell-off. Now, here you are. You put out this updated mineral resource and your stock is up almost 30%. Uh, that's a, quite the oh, change from where we were. <laughs> that's a change of where we were. I didn't know. I'm, I'm afraid week. to look. Oh, uh, no, you know, because uh, it's such been crazy. I just <laughs> well, I, you but, know, thir- it's up thirty percent. It's probably still good. not at a market cap where you, where you would like it by any means. No. But hey, uh, that's uh, well, we're that, we're down fifty percent. We're we're down fifty percent from when we published that maiden resource, which was a better market. I mean, so I, I even though we're having a good day, and you're absolutely right. I mean, had we put this out in November, which we were supposed to, um, we've been delayed, um, and that's that's on me. That's on that's on us. That's on me. Um, maybe that wouldn't have been a great time because uh, honestly, I mean, it, to, to be up 30%, it's a great start. We've got a long way to go. There's still a lot of value to be realized, but it takes time. Uh, but nothing was mattering in the last you know, year. Nothing. It was, it was such a brutal market. So hopefully uh, 2024 uh, gets some uh, wind at our back instead of um, you know, wind in our face. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Uh, it's uh, one last kind of maybe follow-up, big picture question here, Stephen. I mean, the, the way you open up this conversation it sounds like the strategy here for Opamiska is to offload it to an acquirer. Uh, how far do you take this project before um, you know you 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 start bringing in inquiries about having somebody purchase this? And what is the bandwidth for QC to just take this the distance? Is that something you have thought? Well, of? N- nothing ever gets taken off the table. Um, you know, you, you always keep your options open. And, and many will say you always keep a credible uh, credible um, um, threat that you'll build it. But the truth is, and I've always been very candid about this, is that me and my group are not mine builders. We are really good at geology, deal-making, putting things together, de-risking it. But building and operating a mine, well, building a mine is a completely different skill set. And then operating a mine is a completely different skill set. So you've got three different skill sets there. We're really good at what we do. I'd say we're amongst the best uh, of out there. Um, um, but we've never built a mine. We've never operated a mine. Hence, I think somebody else who's done it many, many times before and wakes up in the morning and understands all those moving parts is better suited to do that. So like, I'll, I'll leave that on the table and you can extrapolate whatever you want from it. I mean, I think that's clear. Uh, a trade sale, and, and then from a shareholder perspective, do you want to be around for the ride for five years or do you want us to build value and exit and everybody has a liquidity event, a complete liquidity event? I think, um, you know, if you look at the Lausanne curve, you know, that, that's optimal. Now, the question is when? Do I want to sell it now? Certainly not. I mean, we are a pittance of, of where the value could, uh, could and will be, but we have to drive it. And so we'll have to do more drilling. We'll have to come out with the economics. We'll have to continue to de-risk it. And then maybe we get some real... Uh, tailwinds behind us with the strong metals market, which, uh, Trevor, I have no doubt in my mind it's coming, where we will be popular again, as Friedland Friedland says, the revenge of the miners is coming, but the billion-dollar question is when. Is it this year? Is it next year? I don't know. But, you know, when it does come, we'll own QC Copper, because we're not going to sell this this, uh, crown jewel in a a bad market. We own it outright. So we'll be patient. Um, I think if people who followed us in the past, we're where we try to be very cognizant of timing. We'll cert- we'd love to bring in um, uh, a strategic investors uh, in the 9 or 9.9 or 19.9. There are a lot of people knocking on our door, uh, wanting in. We've got a lot of people signed CAs. Yeah. So I think um, we will have um, the potential to do an offer there. But that's not selling the company. That's just, 
uh, bringing uh, long-term patient capital in also uh, historically used to de-risk projects because it's a stamp of approval. But to sell this project outright, um, uh, no way, not now. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we got work to do. Well, how do you stay competitive here with this project for potential partners or even all-out acquires at some point when there's a lot of other projects in North America, all the way from Alaska down to Mexico, that uh, are in the same boat, right? And I think that's fair to say. And so, not I mean, there is a little bit of competition there. I mean, you are working with other projects in Quebec, you're working with projects in BC. I mean, there's a lot of late advancement, advanced projects up in Alaska, even down in Arizona, Mexico. So how do you, like, there's, there, I mean, there's, I think there's, like, it, I sense a little bit of competitiveness here in this, in this area when everybody's looking for some sort of partner, isn't there? I mean, how do you do that? How do you keep that advantage? Well, so we are all competitors, I, I suppose, um, and, but I, I don't really worry about our competition too, mo- too much. I just uh, focus on our task at hand and try and focus on what we can control. I think um, we stand out. We have a little uh, niche of our own in the sense that we are, uh, you know, sure, um, um, you referenced uh, Alaska, you referenced Mexico. Well, we're the highest grade copper uh, open pit copper deposit in Canada, which I, I, I haven't looked up uh, Alaska, so maybe they beat us there, but I, I guarantee you we beat them on infrastructure. You talk about Mexico, um, I guarantee you we beat them on jurisdiction and infrastructure. Um, so uh, while, and, and, and the, the big projects out in, in BC, uh, look, uh, one of our group companies, American Eagle, I think that's going to turn out to be one of the biggest copper deposits, certainly West Coast, maybe in Canada by the time we're drilling that out, but that's, that's a different beast. That's going to be a multi-billion ton. This is, this is what I call the Goldilocks of projects, where, where we're just right. This can actually be built this cycle and not, not a porphyry, which is probably a multi-cycle type situation and requires a major, no question, to come in there and, and put the billion plus dollars worth of infrastructure in. So um, we are competitive. Uh, we, we have to sort of, but we have to stay in our lane, focus on our competitive advantages, which is our grade, but then our infrastructure. The rail comes to our project. We've got Plan NOR, which is Quebec's against a $40 billion infrastructure. Uh, we've got the support of the communities. Um, power, okay, let's talk about power. Power is getting more and more expensive. We've got the cheapest hydroelectric, which is green renewable power, uh, coming uh, grid to our, our project. It's five cents a kilowatt hour. So, you know, we have all of these competitive advantages that I would put up against any other project in there. Um, we're not the biggest project, but we're, we're certainly big enough when it comes to base metals. Um, go to our presentation, we show all the competition there and we list them and we're getting bigger. And then I do think this, this project has um, similarities. You just look at um, the Malarctic, which um, they just discovered Odyssey. Well, not just, but they just finished the, um, the shaft for Odyssey. And that was you know a decade and a half or whatever it is after they started mining it. So it, this whole Shibugamu Chape district has about 20 mines historically. So it's extremely fertile. So I think that once you can, once you put this thing into production, and we are again convinced it will go into production, this could be mined um, for generations. Although we don't understand all that geology today, but we certainly have mine life, you know, multi-decade mine life um, mapped out. But I think uh, there's an awful lot of uh, copper and gold to be mined out of Opamiska and the the Shibugamu district. So so that's where we're focused on. We're just going to focus, stay in our lane, keep our head down, move this forward. 
Um, try and be smart about our allocation of capital. Be cognizant of the market that we're in. And uh, look, I'm a big shareholder, so I'm going to try and move this forward as, as strategically and intelligently as me and the board uh, can. All right. Stephen, good to connect with you. Congratulations on this. It's nice to see the market rewarding good news that's happening a little bit more frequently now, more often than it felt like it was happening last year. So uh, we'll see you again in a couple of weeks there in Vancouver and all the best and we'll chat with you soon. Looking forward to it, Trevor. Uh, thank you to you and to your audience. Cheers. All right, everybody, that's your update from QC Copper and Gold. They do trade on the venture with QCCU. We'll be back more here later today with another corporate update. Stay tuned. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.